0: Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grinded Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grinded Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Luke chapter 5, and again, I just want to uh, just apologize for my voice. I've been—I'm uh, on my eleventh day of uh, battling a, a, a pretty bad, nasty cold, and so uh, I'm stopped up. And I have a lot of snot and all that good stuff that goes along with a cold and a cough. So uh, if I cough every now and then, I just ask uh, uh, for your forgiveness and for your mercy. <coughs> but let's finish up Luke chapter five, and Lord willing, the next uh, podcast that I make. This stuff will be cleared up, and and uh, you don't have to listen to me cough and all that good stuff. So we talked about uh, uh, Jesus preaching at uh, and teaching on the shore of Galilee, and I, in my opinion, he chose that spot because Peter, James, and John had been fishing there all night long. Their boats were there. He knew that they were going to be there, and he uh, was wanting to choose them as some of his first disciples that he is going to start pouring himself into because he knew that he's going to be leaving soon, within three to three and a half years. And so he knew that Peter, James, and John would be there. And he used that where they had fished all night long, and they didn't catch any fish. And he tells Peter to launch out into the deep and cast his nets that he had been washing all night long. And Peter says, you know, I've been washing these all night long. We didn't catch anything. But he says, you know, I'll, I'll do it. And so Peter casts a net and he catches so many fish that his nets begin to break and his boat begins to sink. And so he falls before Jesus and he says, you know, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. And, and Jesus says, don't fear. From now on, you're, you're not going to catch fish anymore. You're going to be fishers of men. And when they got to the shore, Peter, James, and John, they, they leave everything behind to follow Jesus <laughs> so out of all the miracles that jesus has done up to this point luke is going to focus on a leper and why a leper why why does luke decide to just focus in on this leper well luke points out that this was not only a leper but he has an advanced case of leprosy and to help you understand what's taking place here you can go and read leviticus 13 and 14 which is god's laws concerning those who had skin diseases such as leprosy. But I'm going to give you just a basic rundown of what Leviticus 13 and 14 says. If you had leprosy in the Old Testament, or even in the New Testament, you, you had to go before the priest. And if the priest pronounced you unclean, then you had to, and here's a word that we're all familiar with because of COVID, but you had to quarantine for a certain amount of time. Doesn't that just sound familiar for people who who have contact tracing with COVID or who uh, maybe had uh, gotten COVID, they had to quarantine for a certain amount of time. And then you could go back to the priest and the priest would reevaluate the leprosy. And if he found you still being clean, you have to go back into quarantine. But if he found you uh, better, then you know he he would pronounce you clean. You had to go through all this these ceremonial cleansings, and you can uh, go back into society. But a, a leper lived a very miserable life because the leprous person who has the disease, they had to, to wear torn clothes, and they had to let their hair of their head hang loose, and, and so they would look raggedy but there was a reason for that because they were to stand out uh, if, if they were to go into uh, uh, around people um, everywhere that they went if, if there were people around they had to cry out unclean unclean it, it, it would give the people an opportunity to pass by on the other side of the street or get way away from these people uh, the leper had to live alone and away from everybody because there was no cure for leprosy, and people actually saw leprosy as a curse from God. If, if a person came in contact with a leper, directly or even indirectly, they had to be quarantined, there's that word again, for a certain amount of time to make sure that they didn't get the disease. And basically, if you had leprosy, you were considered an outcast, or you were an outcast, and no one would have anything to do with you um Unless, Because they would live in a camp with a bunch of people who had leprosy. They, they quarantined these people together, and that was your friends, a bunch of sick people who were laying around basically to die, um, which would have to be a very lonely and depressing uh, place to be. But with this, these thoughts in mind about Leviticus 13 and 14 what God's law says about leprosy, I want to read you this story in Luke chapter 5, verses 12 through 15, uh, of this leper. And I want you to listen to the uniqueness of Jesus. Luke says in verses 12, uh, Luke five twelve through 15, In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. And when the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you're willing, you can, you can heal me and you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly, instantly, the leprosy disappeared. He was healed. Cleared it up immediately. And then Jesus instructed him not to tell anyone what had happened. And he said, go to the priest and let him examine you. See, Jesus is telling him exactly what God's law said to do. Go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed cleansed but despite jesus instructions the report of his power spread even faster and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases first of all this leper didn't follow the bible he didn't follow god's laws he didn't follow what jesus says he broke the rules think about it he was supposed to be hollering unclean so the people would know that he was a leper so that he the people would know that he is unclean that he he has this disease of leprosy and they need to get away from him but instead he goes near Jesus he bows before Jesus and he's begging Jesus to heal him And here's the thing sometimes you just have to break the rules and make the religious, the religious, Bible-toting, uh, Bible-toting, Bible-quoting police, the Bible police is what I call them, you have to make them squirm. It, <coughs> I, I'm not saying go out and do something wrong. I'm not encouraging you to, to go break the law. But, you know, we have these ideas. It's a, a lot like the Pharisees. They took God's law and, and then they took... The, how they interpreted God's law and they made those interpretations of God's law law and they tried to make them binding on people. And we, we people who are in the church who are serving Jesus uh, we're, we're serving Jesus the, to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get these preconceived ideas of what a Christian should, should look like and what a, a Christian should act like. And, and people, uh, break those ideas if you will they challenge those ideas uh that we have uh that we have come uh that we have come up with and 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 you know and, and that's what this leper is doing he, he is breaking god's law he, he's he's like I, this is my chance this is my chance to get to jesus this is my this is my hope and i've got he's coming my way i've got to get his attention I, i've got to get jesus to heal me and sometimes we just have to to do things that that might blow people's minds because we want to get to jesus I, I i'll just give you um uh, uh, an example when i first started my very first church i worked with <coughs> i had a puppet ministry bought some puppets and, and you know i wear earrings i have tattoos i do i have yeah i just i just break the mold i i don't I don't fit the mold of what people think a preacher should look like. I don't, I don't fit the mold of what people think a, a, a preacher sh- or a, a Christian should look like or sound like. I, uh, but this puppet, uh, his name was Cool. He he wore a T-shirt that said Cool on it, and he wore earrings. And and one day I went to get my puppets to use them for something, and I noticed that his earrings were missing. Well, somebody who thought that a, a, a puppet shouldn't be it was wrong to be wearing earrings and he shouldn't be wearing earrings in front of the kids because he's a male puppet you know they had their preconceived ideas and, and, and so they, they took the earrings out of the puppet and didn't even tell me I, I had no idea I just had to find this out on my own it, we, we, we do stuff like this all the time we we, we 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 try to put rules and regulations on people that God does not do and, and and that's why god uh when when uh god was choosing a new king to take saul's place and they didn't even bring david to the party they left him at home attending the animals and and, and samuel goes through every one of jesse's sons and god says nope i didn't choose any of these and in samuel tells jesse says do you have any more kids because god says he's not choosing any of these And he says, "Yeah, my youngest son's back at home. He didn't get invited to the party. He's he's back at home taking care of the sheep." And Samuel says, "Well, go get him, and we're going to stand right here. We're not moving from this spot until you come back with David." And when David shows up, God said, "That's my man right there." And 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 you hear people say, "Well, God saw a shepherd, uh, or when man saw a shepherd boy, God sees a king." But they, they were going by looks. And how these people... God doesn't care about st- stuff like that. Um, <coughs> I, I wear shorts on a... I wear shorts year around. And I have to because of my back surgeries. If I wear pants, it literally... It, it, in, in my right leg, on in my quad muscle, it, it's dead from my back surgeries. I can't feel it. I can rub my hand up and down on it. I can't feel it. But the minute I put pants on that, are, that, that rub my hairs on my leg... It literally feels like millions of daggers sticking my leg. So I have to wear baggy shorts year round even in the wintertime. And so when I'm up on stage at church, I'm I'm wearing shorts. And I know people are probably sitting out there thinking, why is he wearing shorts on stage? And, and, and there's probably people that are offended by that. I've never had anybody tell me that, but I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it goes through uh, somebody's head uh, you know, every now and then. And and but the reason why I wear shorts is basically basically for for comfort for a medical reason, but nobody's ever come and asked me why I wear shorts. You know, I had people comment on, on me wearing shorts, and I have to tell them that that story that I just shared with you. But we have these preconceived ideas of how a Christian should look and how a Christian should act, and and and, and God says. Forget all that stuff. I want your heart and I want you serving me regardless of what people think. Regardless of, of what you look like and where you've been and where you come from, I want to use you. And this leper is a perfect example. He he knows that Jesus is his only hope to be healed. This guy's probably probably near death. And He's probably, may have lost all kinds of body parts from because it's an advanced case of leprosy. And if you know anything about leprosy, it, it's nasty. It, it's, a, it, it's a horrible disease. And, and so you, you think about it, you think about the Pharisees, how they, they constantly came out against Jesus and they challenged Jesus, why do, why do your disciples you know, they, they don't wash their hands? And we're supposed to be washing our hands before. We, why do your disciples go out into the fields and and pick grain and eat on the Sabbath day? It happens all the time, and maybe it's even happened to you. Because if you dare to step out and follow Jesus and try to be like Jesus and share Jesus, you might as well expect it to be challenged. It's going to happen. And I want to say this before we go to break. If this leper hadn't broken if he hadn't broke the rules, he would still be in a miserable state. He would still be in his leprosy. And that leprosy would have killed this man. But he broke the rules. He went to Jesus and he bowed before Jesus and he begged Jesus to be healed instead of passing by on the other side of the street and yelling, Unclean, unclean, get away from me. I have leprosy. He broke the rules. And he came to Jesus. And Jesus is going to break the rules as well. Or at least break what the, the Pharisees say are the rules. And we'll talk about that when we come back from break. We'll be right back. Sometimes I struggle with the feeling that I'm not good enough. When someone asks me to do a certain task, I struggle with it because I feel like there's always somebody that can do it better than me. And, or, you know, I feel like I'll I'll go ahead and do the task, but I always analyze it and come up with all these ways that I failed at it. And I could have done this or that better. Well, why do I feel this way? Why do I have these feelings? And maybe you have the same feelings. Well, it's because I had a family member ever since I was five years old, they up into adulthood, They ingrained in me that I was not good enough, that I was a failure, and that I would never amount to anything. I mean, they literally said those words to me repeatedly out of their mouth. You will never amount to anything. But what I have learned, since I have come to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior in studying God's Word, this is what I've learned, that God says otherwise, that I am good enough and that I'm not a failure, I can do whatever because God is with me. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, he told Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. So God tells Jeremiah that he knew him before he was ever even in his mother's womb. But not only that, God tells Jeremiah that he formed him. And so God made Jeremiah... And he makes you and me in a special way. We all have special talents that we can use to do all these things. And God's going to be with us. So please don't ever think that you're not good enough because you are good enough. You are made in the image of God. And that is enough. So get up and get going and and do that task and give glory to God when you complete it. So not only did this leper break the rules and, and not cry out unclean unclean, but he goes to Jesus, bows before Jesus, and begs Jesus to heal him of his leprosy, and Jesus did that, but Jesus challenged the Bible thumper's rules. You, you, you don't touch a leper. You stay far away as you can from the leper because you don't want to catch the disease. And, and, and there's a reason why that God said for these people to be quarantined and told to stay away from these people. And I, I, when, I was going, uh, when I was studying for this chapter, Luke chapter 5, I read where if the wind was blowing, the leper couldn't come within 150 feet of a person. That would be like 50 yards of a football field from anybody if the wind was blowing. So not only did the leper break the rules and go to Jesus, But Jesus reached out and touched this leper. You just did not do that. It would blow the people's minds. And I would love to see the look on on Peter and James and John, these new disciples. I would love to see the look on their face when Jesus did that. Maybe they were thinking, what is he doing? He's going to get leprosy. And we're going to get leprosy. But here's the thing. Jesus does not care About our boundaries people would not your average ordinary everyday person would not give this leper a second thought they would never ever give him the time of day because they would be afraid of the leprosy but more than that they would be pointing to the Bible and saying God said stay away from this person but not Jesus Jesus reached out and touched the leper. He gave this leper hope and a healing. Let me ask you some questions. What boundaries have you set up towards people? What category have you put like your co-worker in or your friends in? What does that person that you shun in the grocery store look like? That homeless person you blew off and paid no attention to? That man or woman that smelled high heavens? That you avoided you know jesus would take time to minister to that person why don't you are you better than jesus aren't we supposed to be the example of jesus jesus didn't avoid the leper he actually spent time with him he ministered to his need and he touched him he healed him and there's probably no telling how long it had been since this leper felt the touch Of another human being I can remember when AIDS uh, came out back in the late 80s early 90s I believe it was and everybody was scared to death to touch somebody be around somebody because we're afraid that we're gonna get the disease and I remember hearing about AIDS patients that were dying they're begging for the touch of a human hand and and, you know and, and now we you know we have COVID and for the past year and a half and stay six feet apart, social distance, quarantine, just like the leprosy. People living in fear, wearing masks while they're in their car, and they're the only person in their car. They avoid people. They're scared to death to leave their house because you know they may get affected, or they may affect somebody with COVID. And then we hear people that are dying of COVID and they're begging because they're, they're dying they're in the hospital dying and nobody can be around them their family can't be around them and patients are, if you want to go see somebody in the nurse town or the they're in the hospital you, have, you, you can't go to their rooms and so people are going outside and, and finding which room they're in and looking through their windows and you have these people that are dying of COVID and they're asking for just a touch of a human hand and so nurses are taking gloves and filling them with water And put it under their hand just so they could pretend that somebody's holding their hand as they're facing death. Do you know what Jesus would do? Jesus would not be full of fear. He, he He would not care about COVID. He would not care about AIDS. He would not respond in fear. He would do just as he did with the leper. He would touch those people, those patients. He would not be concerned with what the CDC recommends. He would not go by the CDC's rules that have been passed down. The masked police and the woke crowd, they would have a field day with Jesus because he. they, they would try to cancel him as fast as they could <coughs> because he broke the rules. He touched the leper. He ministered to the leper and he gave him hope he didn't shun him he took time for him and so Luke's going to turn uh, his attention to another healing that takes place and this one's very unique in that the person is that is healed uh, he's healed because of the faith of his friends not because of his faith and in Luke chapter 5 verses 17 17 through 26 says, one day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men, these religious people, they showed up in every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. and Because they wanted to check Jesus out. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus, Luke says. Some men came carrying a, a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. And they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't get to him. Because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and they took off some tiles. They start tearing this roof off. Into this house. Somebody's house. Somebody's property. Personal property. And they lowered the sick man down on his mat into the crowd. Right in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. Now, did you hear that? Verse 20. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and the, teacher, the Bible thumpers, right? the ones who are making sure you follow the rules. But the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law said to themselves, they didn't say it out loud, they just said it to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them. He called them out in front of everybody. Why do you question this in your hearts? Why Is, is it easier for, for me to say, your sins are forgiven, or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus turns to the paralyzed man and he says, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped to his feet. He picked up his mat and he went home, praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. And they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. As I stated earlier Well, I think it was in the last podcast when we first started Luke chapter 5. There's a reason why Jesus does what he does. And this man is healed here because Jesus wants to show the religious leaders who had gathered together because the fame of Jesus is spreading and they want to see what Jesus is all about. And so he wants to show these religious leaders what they're missing out on by not believing in him. And he is challenging their religious intellect. You think these people are supposed to be pointing the people of their day to God. They're supposed to be the godly examples. And over and over and over again, they do the right opposite. Here is God in the flesh, and they are trying to uh, condemn Jesus. Over and over again, they try to stone Jesus. They try to kill Jesus. And Jesus tells them in Matthew 23, he just just pronounced all these woes about the Pharisees and these religious teachers. He said, you just don't get it. You're missing it. And he chose his words carefully because he knew his audience here. He, He said, your sins are forgiven. And he said that because he knew that these religious teachers, these Pharisees, were in the audience. Well, some people that are listening to this podcast, some of you, you're sharing your faith, but you're not being heard. That's because maybe you're, you're saying the right stuff the wrong way. Look at your audience and, and, and see who you're talking to. You know, a, a, a tatted up person like myself dressed like a skateboarder, because I am a skateboarder, speaking skateboard lingo, is probably going to have a hard time reaching the business-minded person that's dressed in a three-piece suit that uses a more formal vocabulary. Know your audience and know who you're talking to and be able to speak to them and share Jesus with them. Jesus knew these Pharisees were paying attention and he he knew that they were watching his every move. So he he chose his words carefully and he challenged their intellect when he said, your sins are forgiven. But I want you to notice something here. They didn't say anything out loud to Jesus. They didn't dare call him out in front of this crowd. They said to themselves, who does this man think that he is? Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus calls out these Pharisees and humiliates them in front of this crowd. These religious leaders who were representing God has God in the flesh before their very eyes, and they refuse to believe despite everything Jesus said and did. Don't make the same mistake. And then the last thing in Luke chapter 5, Luke's going to turn his attention to a tax collector. And basically, what's going on here in Luke chapter 5 is Luke or Jesus is, is challenging these religious leaders and their, their beliefs. And, and how they should be pointing the way to God, but they're doing quite the opposite. And so Luke is going to turn his attention to a tax collector, and we know his name is Matthew, which is the author of the Gospel of Matthew. And here's Jesus sitting in the house of this tax collector that is filled, because what happens is Matthew is going to call up all of his friends that are tax collectors as well, and he's going to throw a big old party, and Jesus is going to be the guest of honor and luke um if you look at zacchaeus the story of zacchaeus he quickly climbed down that tree and jesus went to zacchaeus's house remember the song and and, and so jesus goes to his house and there's excitement there's great joy in luke 19 7 where the story of zacchaeus is it says the people were displeased displeased because (coughs) they said he has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus took time with this notorious sinner, right? The notorious sinner is what the people called him. And because Jesus took time with Zacchaeus and, and spent some time with him in his home, it changed his life. And he decided to follow Jesus. And and he decided to pay back the people that he had basically robbed or cheated them out of money. <coughs> but I pointed that out to show you the attitude of these religious leaders when they said, He is gone to be a guest of a notorious sinner. That's the way that they looked, these Pharisees and these religious teachers, that's the way they looked at tax collectors. In verses 30 through 32, the Pharisees and religious leaders. Uh, they, they go, or these teachers, they, they go to Jesus' disciples, not Jesus himself, but to his disciples, and this is what they say. But the, Luke says, But the Pharisees and their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Why do you, these notorious, sinners, why do you eat and drink with, with these scumbags? So Jesus is going to lower the boom on these people. He says, you think you are healthy. You think you are righteous. You think you are right with God, but you're really sick and you can't even see that you need a doctor. And he says, since you can't see it, that you need a doctor, I came for those who know they are sick and those who know that they need a doctor. Last week, I started feeling a little weird. Like I told you, I've been sick for 11 days, and I knew what was going on. You, you can just tell when you're getting sick. Your body will let you know it, and you can tell when something's not right with your body. So I started feeling a little weak-kneed, and I started feeling tired, and, and, and I knew a cold was coming on. And so uh, since I knew that I was getting sick, I thought maybe I can manage it with, with vitamins and some over-the-counter medicines, and I tried that for a few days, but you know what? It didn't work. I was wrong. I got more sick and more sick. And then I got a fever. And then I got a sore throat. And I had mucus. And I still have mucus. And I had coughing. I still have coughing. I had chills. I had fluid in my ears. I still have fluid in my ears. And you know what I did? I called my doctor and I made an appointment. And I went to see my doctor. And I took two COVID tests. Both were negative. I took a strep test. That came back negative. And so my doctor puts me on a Z Pack. And like I said, I'm I'm 11 days out from my first initial symptoms, but I knew I was getting sick. I tried to make it on my own, couldn't do it, realized that wasn't going to happen. So I, I called the doctor, made an appointment and she gave me some medicine and I got some help. But what if I had stayed home and kept telling myself, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. And there's a lot of Christian people who follow Jesus that do this. Name it, claim it, people. You know, I'm not sick. I'm not sick, and then they, they 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 die in their sickness. You know, if if I would have said I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not, I'm lying. I'm lying to myself, and I'm lying to, to my friends. I'm lying to my family, and I'm lying to God. Hey, I'm sick, and I need to go to the doctor and get some help. I need some medicine because I can't get through this sickness on my own. And if I hadn't went to the doctor, the sickness could have got so bad it possibly could have taken my life. In fact. I talked to uh, one of the bread guys today in one of my stores who, uh, a, a guy that worked for him, 36 years old, got COVID and he refused to go to the doctor and get help and he died and he has a 10 year old and a seven year old and a wife and he is dead and gone because he refused to go to the doctor. Jesus said those who know they are sick need a doctor. We, you, me, we need to realize that we are sick. If you're sick physically, go to a doctor and get some help. But we are all sick spiritually because of sin. Because Adam and Eve chose to go against God and, and, and what he told them not to do. They did it. They went against god's word which is sin when we do not do god's will we are in sin and it's a sickness and the only cure for our sickness is the great physician jesus the blood of jesus christ is the only thing that will cure our disease of sin listen close and i'm going to close the podcast with this If you have never given your life to Christ and you've never made him your Lord and Savior, no matter the status of your health, you can be the healthiest person on earth today, but you're sick spiritually. You are sick because of sin. And Jesus is the only cure. Jesus said in John 14 6, I am the way, I am the truth. There is no other way. There is no The book of Acts says there's no other name under heaven by whereby, by whereby man can be saved. It's only through Jesus. He is the great physician. You can know all the Bible you want. You can quote all the scriptures that you want. You can have the biggest bank account. You can have the nicest house on the block with the best best, most expensive car in the garage. But without Jesus, you are sick. And if you decide not to go to the doctor, Jesus, and you die never receiving the cure, his blood washing away your sin, you will be eternally separated from God to suffer for eternity, never to have a second chance. Don't be hard-headed and stubborn. Go to the doctor and get the cure for your sickness called sin. Make Jesus your Lord and Savior today. Today is the day of salvation so that his blood will wash your sins away. You say, well, maybe I, I've already made that decision. I, I realized that I had a disease called sin and I realized that I needed a doctor and Jesus is the only way that I could be saved. So I went to Jesus. I made him my Lord and Savior and I'm living for him. Well, are you sharing him? Are you encouraging people to go and to Jesus, are you telling people about our Savior? Time is short, people. Look around our world today. Time is short. We're, we're only one breath, one heartbeat away from being in eternity. Don't leave this earth without knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you need to contact us at the Grinded Podcast and you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, Please contact us and we'll no matter where you're at, we will help you find someone that will tell you what you need to do to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. You can email us at thegrindedpodcast at gmail.com. God bless you. Hopefully, when we get to Luke chapter 6 and the next time I'm recording, I'll be all cleared up and healed up. God bless you. And until then, I will see you. You have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrindedpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro, off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.